This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Richard Porter and I'm Johnny Smith and this is Smith and Sniff a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week things in our neighbourhoods how are you today I've I've peaked a little early on coffee Uh uh-huh which means I've done I've done some jobs quite quickly but now I'm I'm slightly breathless and my I feel like I've got I've got to reset the timing on my heart. You know, I'm just gonna to have to like just get the old um you know, the the the, the strobe light out and just check my points and condenser because I'm I'm fluttering a little. I'm not gonna have you got have you got a high idle? I've got a very high idle, exactly. It's co- it's cold, cold choke. Yeah. Um yeah, as we've discussed before, sort of unnecessarily high idle speed. It doesn't warrant doesn't warrant the activities that I'm doing. Yeah. I've, I've actually had quite a depressing last hour of going through some. Uh, it, it's been way overdue going through some clothes, some old clothes, and realizing that that uh, most of them don't fit me. Why? So, why not? Because uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. Um, there is some there's some um, COVID uh, style um, timber. Oh, uh, around my middle that I'm not. Um, it, it, I've just put on weight over. Um, well, it, it, since about March, and it's really unusual for me. I've never, I've never not been able to fit into my clothes since I've been an adult until now. Uh, it's quite. I find it quite. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hating myself at the moment. I might go for a run every day for the next four weeks until I go lame, <laughs> and, then hit, and then hit myself with twigs. Have you got that sense that you used to have after the summer holidays when you were at school, when you would go to put your school uniform on, <laughs> and if your parents hadn't bought new school uniform for you, it felt like someone had been into your cupboard and just shrunk everything. I do feel a bit, yeah. I put a couple of pairs of jeans on and go, not a chance. And then I've um, a couple of t-shirts. You like clearly, Johnny. You've got a belly there. That's just it's not right. Doesn't work. So. I've had a bit of a clothing cull. Uh, well, it's quite hasty. I mean, could you not just sort of sit on them? Because I had the thing where I started the lockdown period with, uh, as I think many people did, the, do you know what, I'm just going to sit very still and drink as much booze as I've humanly got in the house, and then I'll see how that goes. <laughs> and and after a bit, I thought, oh, I think I know how this goes. This goes into alcoholism and destitution, and it's quite dangerous. <laughs> I should probably pull back from this dive. Yes, you should. So I um, tried yes. to drink a little bit less, but then also I, I started running again, and I've been running quite a bit. When you say a bit, what are you talking Twice a week, more or uh, less? No, I'll do three or four times a week. Oh, you bug! 
and I'll do I'll mix it up a bit so sometimes do you know what's funny as well anyone who's ever been running will probably know this it's all new to me because I'm not naturally an exercisey kind of person but where once I would sort of do like well I wasn't even measuring it but I would say approximately sort of three kilometres or something and I'd probably have to stop a couple of times to cough my own lungs up Ooh. and and then suddenly you can just go further and not even think about it and and now what I would term a short run is is five k. That's my minimum. I, I don't, don't tend to do anything short that. Oh, that's acclimatization. Now the reason I bring this up, not to to boast, because in light of your predicament, what you're saying that, is you've never felt or looked better in the last yeah, decade. I'm for, not sure about versus that. Versus old Chumbawamba at the other end of the phone. Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets knocked down, but he gets up again. Although he's slightly fatter than he was. Yeah, but no, I'm 45. He gets knocked down. He goes, ooh, <sighs> thinks oh, yeah. about it for a bit and then makes another funny noise as he tries to get up again. And one of his knees makes a noise like listening <laughs> very closely to some Rice Krispies that have just had milk poured on them. That's what, me. Snap, cackle and pop with actual knee joints. Now, that is genuinely one of the only things that worries me about going running is that I'm, I'm just hastening the demise of, of my knees and the accelerated in, incoming of a knee replacement or something. Because I do a few squats in the kitchen to warm up in, if I'm going out in the morning. And, and the first squat, honestly, it sounds like someone's just got the Rice Krispies on the go behind me. What's someone snapping dried twigs in the background? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> someone's trodden on some very dry bracken just behind me. Or does um, it, you know, when you go, when you first start I, when I first like warm up for a run I'll do some sort of side steps like you see professional footballers do I don't even know what you call them and then I get, I've got a little I've got a, a route around the bat lanes around here and um, I feel it doesn't necessarily sound the same but you know that really awful sound of someone dragging a trolley jack across a workshop floor oh yeah they never drag nicely do they? they just sound <laughs> awful and it just sounds like something's going to break or it just it makes everybody on edge yeah that's how that's how I feel like my lower body feels sometimes when I start <laughs> dragging, why dragging. Do they, I mean why do they even bother putting wheels on trolley jacks because they're clearly not able to cope with the weight of the no. trolley jack they always sound shit when they're dragged across the floor don't they they, they do because they've got i guess they've got to have metal uh wheels because of the load bearing but i wish they had nice squidgy skateboard you know there's really lovely hard rubber skateboard wheels where yeah there's something very special about them that can't, can't someone invent like you say quality quieter jacks that do the job mm. Yeah, the trolley jack's a great thing to have. It's it's absolutely vital to have a trolley jack about my person. But I'd like a quieter one. They're a bit fucking. In fact, they're a bit like one of the. uh, They're a bit like a really gobby kid, in the (laughs) playground, the one that narrates everything but hasn't actually got anything important to add to the conversation. (laughs) You know, there's that's because there was. I had to go to the skate park with my son yesterday. And right. there were, and I, he, there's always a touch and go whether it's just going to be full of gobshites, but actually it was it was a good vibe, and I was pleased. And I, and then this kid turned up who, just, he clearly only ever been to skate park like twice in his life, and was just sh- shouting everything he was doing to everyone around him. Oh, now, okay. Now he might. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. He might. He might have had a you know personality disorder. I, d- I don't actually know. But it started to grate on me really early on. It was really disturbing my my eBay app cruising. 
I've got to say. <laughs> so, you know, there's me trying Pipe to find down, a master lad, cylinder. I've got a manta here. Yeah. Oh, well, I was looking for a particular master cylinder and then, you know, dickweed on the micro scooter keeps shouting, <laughs> <laughs> providing me with no information at all. I think I've just got a bit annoyed because. I had that, and then my son's just obsessed with watching Minecraft tutorials on YouTube, which is just oh, a shouty man. American kid with earphones on. And you're like, do you know what? Is it possible for you to deliver the information about your hacks and about your cheats without just being so shouty and fucking annoying? Is that possible? Yeah. It, it, you know, sometimes I think we've probably both been prone to grumbling about some car youtube and social media people but when you see gaming people it makes you glad for what we've got i'd take any oh, amount of people who can't string a sentence together about a new porsche compared to the guys who go hey look at this, this, this oh my god he's using this room well, it's just like, if you if you've got that much energy cooped up in your bedroom i think you need to go somewhere it's like owning a racehorse and keeping it in the spare room <laughs> isn't it it just needs to get out and like smoke some energy just get out of there just want one of these professional gamers to just go out for a sprint put the energy drink down and for goodness sake get some balance anyway obviously um, i just sound like an old git having a moan yeah well you know uh, didn't want to say anything, did you? You just didn't want to say anything. Fits. Well, anyway, um, I, 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 I'm boasting about going running, but I haven't been able to go running the past week or two weeks because after I rang you from the new Defender, uh, yeah. we made that show that lots of people moaned about because <laughs> the sound wasn't very good. That's the only podcast we've ever had with bad sound. I have to, you know, credit to us. Yeah, but anyway, so yes, it was a bit of a... It, it wasn't our finest sounding episode, but, you know, I was excited about the new Defender and, and we wanted to talk about it. But I got home that evening um, having dropped off the new Defender, got back into my old Defender and driven from Warwickshire back to London. Yeah. And I got caught in a bit of traffic. There was a bit of a snarl at an accident as I okay. came to London. And I was doing a lot of low speed, first to second, and I slowed down again back to first, kind of city-type driving. Now, the clutch in my Defender, you know, is a bit on the hefty side. It's manual, yeah, very manual. And I got home, and it was a beautiful evening. I had a lovely day, uh, and I thought, I'll go for a run. That'd be a good idea. So I went for a pretty brisk 5K run. Okay. And when I got back, my calf was kind of hurting a bit. And then it sort of kept hurting. And then the next time I tried to go for a run, it started hurting. And I kept on running, and which was a mistake, I think. And then, anyway, so yeah, hurty calf, stretching it out, trying to make it better. But it's 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 been pretty achy. And I think it's because I went for a brisk run after having operated a Land Rover Defender in traffic. <laughs> a well-known sporting injury. Uh, I've had a little bit of that on the charger. Oh, really? Uh, charging knee. I've called it charging <laughs> knee. Yeah, there's definitely... It's when you're in congestion and, like you say, the clutch knee just starts to take a bit of a pounding. And because you haven't got your adrenaline up because you're not doing anything fast, it's not like you're driving it hard on a track or whatever. You're just, you know, trying to survive through the congestion. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's not great. Is it? How it's did not people great. cope? It's just reminded me of something. Do you remember? This is very arcane, but hey, we're here now. Um, do you remember how the Mark Three Golf when it came out in what ninety one ish? Yeah, ninety two. Yeah, 
And famously, at the time, it was quite quickly given a load of stick for not being as well made as the Mark II. Yes, it really wasn't. Yeah. And one of the things that it became clear was wrong with that car, as as quality corners had been cut, was that the the glove box... Remember, the glove box was mounted very high up on the passenger side of the dash. Yes. And the lid dropped down. And... (laughs) Yes. You see, even now, if you see a, a Mark III Golf on the street, you, you look as you go past it, and I, I can be pretty certain <laughs> that the glove box will be open. Not in that way that people do sometimes when they want to show potential thieves that there's nothing in the car worth nicking. It's just fallen open. And Absolutely, I know the one, yeah. yeah. But I remember once jipping a bloke who'd got a Mark III Golf about it and going, no, they're not the good golf, though, are they? They're not, just kind of like, you know, the evil golf. And then... Um, <laughs> I was trying to suggest that there was a medical condition for people who regularly passengered in those cars called Mark III Knee, which was caused by having the glove box lid constantly twatting against your knees as you drove along. <laughs> don't think this bloke found it very amusing, but um, I was being a bit of a twat to him. Have you ever owned I had a Mark III Golf GTI. Did you? Um, well, I bought it off... Um, I bought it off what the one of the publishers of Max Power after I'd left and I'm trying to remember why I think it's because they needed it was a car that had been used for some promo like testing some products and things and no one really knew what to do with it I got wind that they needed to get rid to make and, and to get some cash back in the back door or whatever so I made him a silly offer for it and said I'll, I'll buy it off you for this but um, my offer only stands for 24 hours I'm sure the publisher went, yeah, all right, Johnny, have it. And I bought it and drove it home the day after. And as soon as I got it home, I got a call from the accounts department um, to say, "Um, have you bought the Golf? And gave me the registration number. And and I was like, yeah, I have. And they were like, oh, we're not supposed to have sold that car because we've still got some commitments that we need to have with that car for um, a couple of brands they were working with. I, I don't actually know what they were doing, some advertorials or something. I can't remember. It had right. some like Coney suspension on it. And I went, well, what do you mean? I just bought it. Um, I think I worked on car. And they were like, well, we, we kind of need it back. I went, well, you can buy it back off me then. And they went, okay, well, uh, you bought it. I, I, I said, yeah, I said, I, I just bought it for 900 quid. And they went, okay, so we'll just put the money back in your account. I said, no, the price has changed. Um, <laughs> you cheeky twats. No, I, I absolutely did. I said, it's 1,800 quid. Like, they, said, it's, they said, it's not worth 1,800 quid. I said, you're absolutely right, it's not. And they said, but we need it. And I said, okay, so you need to pay me 1,800 quid then. And they did. So I doubled my money on a car that I owned I for about 36 years. I believe you had the brass neck to do that. I didn't need the car. I only bought the car because I knew I could get it cheap. And as soon as I drove it away, it was heavily disappointing. So I was <laughs> like, do you know what? I'll, I was only going to clean it up and put it on eBay. And uh, and they saved me the hassle. They bought it back off me. And, uh, and that was that. Wow. Yeah, um, it just days. made me think. Uh, I, I just suddenly thought of a question that uh, I need to ask you, is, which is because you've bought and sold a lot of cars in your life, haven't you? Yeah, and it's about 140, I think. Jesus. Um, yeah. My question for you. I don't do it so much at the moment, sadly. I, I, I'm missing it. Well, I live through others. What's the least you've ever paid for a car? 
Well, it was a penny. What? It was a penny. It was actually, strictly speaking, my brother did the deal. I was piggybacking on my brother's deal. My brother, my brother moved to um, to Bournemouth with his now wife, and he went to buy some chickens. Yeah, he went to buy some chickens off this guy who was, a, I guess, a, a sort of farmer. And when he turned up to, to buy, they were buying, I don't know, a dozen of them or six of them, and they were going to have their own eggs in a garden, there was a Mercedes 123 in the corner of the field estate, and it had the windows down, and there were chickens pretty much hopping in and out of it. And my brother was chatting to the guy, and he, and he said, what's going on with the Mercedes in the corner? He said, oh, it's my wife's car. She stopped driving it about four years ago, and... Uh, it needed, I don't know, uh, a master cylinder or something. And, um, well, I just parked it there. I haven't really thought about it. And But unfortunately, one of the windows kind of went down or fell down. And the chickens have just been using it. So my brother said, do you mind if I have a quick look? So my brother went over and looked at it. And it had water in the footwells, but it didn't look rotten. It, I think he'd caught it. And it was a 200T. And he said, would you sell it? And the bloke was like, well, it's not really worth anything. So the mm-hmm. so the the guy said, I mean, it, it just sounds made up, but I promise it's true. The guy said, "Well, look, I tell you what, I'll do. You buy a dozen chickens on uh, for the price that we've agreed, and just and I, you can have the car for a penny." So my brother was like, "What do you mean?" He said, "You can have the car for a penny. You have got to take it away though." And Greg was like, "Okay." So we came back and got a dozen chickens, and then the day later he came back. And he'd already phoned me because he knew I was looking for a cheap second car. Mm. And he said, Johnny, I've got you a Mercedes estate. Because Greg had had a couple of them. And I said, oh, brilliant. How much? He said, well, it's kind of free, but it's full of water and chicken mess. (laughs) And um, I paid my brother to drag it home, um, go through the brakes and the... Uh, the steering, and he dry, he took the entire interior out and pressure washed the interior on the, on a really warm summer week, drip dried it, and then we put it back together. And I drove it every day for about six years. What? About six years. Yeah, it was worth spin one of my. Well, that was the car the bin men reversed into and oh, wrote it was off. that one. It was that Mercedes. So it was nearly dead anyway. But we resurrected oh my God. it. Oh yeah, we Proper drove a survivor car. That car was brilliant. That car now lives in the Netherlands. Yeah. What? Yeah, when we went into recession, when was that? 2008? 2009? Yeah. Yeah. I decided to sell it because I had a different daily driver and it, it, it I'd collected a few parts to kind of do a bit of a rolling resto on the Mercedes. Eventually realised I couldn't justify doing it. Britain was in a recession. I put it up for sale for not a lot of money. I mean, like, I don't know, 600 quid, I think it was. Well, you're still 599 quid yeah, and 99 yeah, yeah. pence up on the deals. So. Yeah, yeah. I'd done loads of work on it myself um, uh, over the years with second-hand parts and stuff. It was a great car. This guy c- c- phoned me up and he said, I am in Rotterdam, or I think he was. And he said, I, I'm a trader and I buy strictly 70s and 80s Mercs. He said, I'm coming over in the next month if if i buy it will you hold it for me for three weeks i said yeah no problem so he paid me instantly and he came and collected it with uh, two other friends they'd already got two other mercedes they were going to drive all three back and i said you know it hasn't been on the road for about a year 
And he's like, yeah, it's no problem. Does it run? I said, yeah, it does. It starts and it, it runs, but just thought I'd let you know. It doesn't have an MOT or anything. He said, it's no problem. He got in it and drove it um, straight down to Dover and then got on the, the, the ferry and then got off the other side and blew it up. What? And then phoned me up in a rage, going, You're, "The car you sold me is faulty." I said, well, "I said, well, I sold it to you for a. I sold it to you for spares or repairs. And b, what have you done with it? Because I've driven that car all over Europe, and it's been really nice." I said, "How fast have you been driving it?" He said, "I've been driving it at about a hundred. I said, "A hundred what? Because you do know that it's it's miles an hour on the speedo." And he went. Oh, I th- I've been driving it at a, I thought it was 100 kilometres. He'd been driving it, like, flat out, having it... And this poor thing, it'd done a lot of miles when I bought it. And he'd just, he'd just driven it with his mates in a S-Class in front, just, f- like, at VMAX all the way down to Dover and probably cooked it. But he was furious with me. I'm like... He said, I've, I want some money back. I said, I'm not giving you anything back. You so you've bought a cheap Mercedes that needed work and you've driven it like a complete bastard back to the Netherlands so so he had to get his mate in the S class apparently to tow him from France to the Netherlands ah but yeah anyway he got apparently he got he got it restored he was going to restore it and, good um, oh, well I'm glad it had a happy so, ending but. yeah was it was that story worth it I don't know I feel like I've I've sort of uh, said too much was it interesting or you know I can I realize I can I suppose technically I can beat your cheapest car you ever bought because i once had a free car mm. which was that lexus ls that i had for a bit you did get given that and that's a really nice free car yeah well mm-hmm. see there's a similar sort of story behind that as there is with your mark three golf and the accounts department at emap publishing because um that car was a first generation lexus ls 400 and um, i love those cars it wasn't in the finest condition, but nor was it in bad condition. It was it was perfectly serviceable. They bought two to as props for one of Jeremy Clarkson's "Oh No, Everything's Exploded" DVDs that he used to make back in the day, and one of them got uh, shot with really? machine gun fire or something and blown up, which was a scrapper, and then a sort of cosmetically much better hero car had been bought to do some on-road driving shots and it you know it was, it was road legal and all that yeah and that was the car that was then just it ended up in the yard of a mechanic that we used to use for fixing stuff up on top gear right and i was talking to him once just casually about i was like oh, i've got i really fancy just getting a nice big bargy old car for a bit just wafting about i think because i had a mitsubishi evo 10 as a long-termer from evo magazine and I didn't particularly care for it, and I was a bit sick of sporty oh, I, cars. I remember, yeah, you were you were blue hot and cold with that car, or just cold. Yeah, well, much like I think the air conditioning system in that car, I blew annoyingly tepid. But um, <laughs> I decided to get, yeah, I wanted to get some squidgy for a little bit because I was sort of going to have a gap between long termers, I think. And I uh, did you have a I, Luxo barge gap yard? Gap yard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. And um, I, so I was talking to this guy about it, and he went, Well, I've got an old uh, Lexus LS in my yard that's left over from one of Jeremy's DVDs. Why don't you um, come and have a look at that? So I did, and it was actually nicer than I expected. And I went, Well, I should, uh, I guess I should get in touch with the producer of those DVDs and see if he'll, he'll sell it to me. 
And this mechanic went, yeah, that's all right, I'll call him for you. What? And I'd forgotten that this mechanic, he had a strange relationship with the truth sometimes. And basically he came back from what I believe to be a phone call with the producer saying, yeah, he says you can just have it. So you just had it. Just had it. And then (laughs) a few months later, I happened to see the producer of these DVDs. I bumped into him and I went, oh, by the way, thanks very much for that Lexus. It's brilliant. And he went, what? (laughs) I was like, that freebie Lexus that you said I could just have. And he went, I didn't say that. And it all got a bit awkward. Oh, gosh. And I had to say, but the mechanic said he'd spoken to you and you said it was all right for me to take it. And you went, "Mm, don't remember that. Uh, no, I think we'd have probably just sold it. And I was like, well, I've got it now, so that's that. And the V5 was in my name by that point, which I know doesn't necessarily... means you're the custodian, doesn't it, not the guardian of the vehicle. Yes, you're the registered keeper, but that's not the same as, you know... It doesn't say anywhere on the V5, the name at the top of this is not a thief. Um, But, yeah, due to to a slightly... um, Uh, less than truthful man uh, with a free Lexus. But it wasn't me. I I took it in good faith, and I had that car, and then I I did sell it for cash money, so I was kind of up on the deal. But um, I sold it to uh, a guy who used it to do those cross-Europe banger rallies that were very fashionable for a while. Oh, it's too good for that. Yeah, well, he, he I think the car still exists. He had it for ages. He painted it like the General Lee. Oh, that's cool. He got loads of stick, I think, the first time he went on those rallies because, A, he was, you know, sort of driving down to, like, Naples or something in the summer, and his was the only car on the whole rally that had air conditioning that worked because, uh, of course, all the other shitters, even if they had an air conditioning button, it wasn't it didn't necessarily work. connected to working air conditioning. Oh, so the, it's, of, is it like almost, is it like when the Nissan Skyline was outlawed from the Bathurst Australian yes, race because it was just too a bit good. too good? Yeah. So like <laughs> they were like, well, also, we don't believe I, you got it cheap anyway. I gave this guy a receipt uh, for the... You know, for the amount that he paid me for it, it was all yeah. legit and above yeah. board. In that, you know, we weren't trying to deceive anyone, but but no one believed that even if he produced the receipt that he wasn't bullshitting that he'd managed to get this really quite nice car for. I can't remember what the budget was. I think it was like three hundred quid or something. I just sold the, the that car for because it was still three hundred quid. I didn't have before. You know, it's like brilliant. And that that car didn't cost me anything to run particularly. It was it was good as gold. I always thought the chassis was a bit baggy and it was just because the shocks were really worn out or something but then I had to go in um, Lexus UK have an original LS on yeah. their heritage fleet and I had a go at it once and it felt exactly the same so oh, did it? I, think I think they're just like that it even smelt the same as well I still would like one and I feel like it would be a car that would tighten up nicely with some adjustable Ibacks or something, or you know what I mean, like Bill Steins. If you really put some nice damping into it, it wouldn't ruin the ride, but at the same time, it would tighten it just enough for it to not roll like a bastard when you're pressing on. Or maybe I'm. It just did ruined. roll. Did it? It really did. Roll. Yeah, it was full. It was very roly poly. Because it was American a, spec, an kind of uh, yeah. body control. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a mate of mine. I gave him a lift once, and he went. This car reminds me of a New York taxi, which back then were all Crown Vicks, I think. So yeah, they know, would be. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it had got that sort of lovely, sloppy, separate chassis feel to it, even though it wasn't. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like that car. I only had it for a year. Then I, I, I think I got another long term. Should we? Um, should we 
if we get to a point where Smith and Sniffers may be, let's say, averagely successful, should we chip in and buy one? Yeah, how, they're not very much now, are they? In fact, there's one... They've gone up, though. They've gone do you up. remember the follow-up? Well, not the follow-up. The, so mine was the first generation. Then there was a sort of second-ish generation, which was broadly the same looking, but sort of they'd flattened off the front and the back. And to my mind, is the nicest looking. Is it and still then, the 400 or is that the 430? Yeah. Well, then there was the 430. There's a 430 for sale near my house at the moment and I <laughs> oh, think no. it's about two and a half grand I know I do find myself looking at it and it's going, too high it's too high rich back off I don't know it looks tidy except for have you ever noticed that if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Toyota and Lexus from sort of the past, I don't know how they are now, but the past 20 years maybe, a bit more. The build quality is generally impeccable, but they somehow never found a lacquer that could stay on alloy wheels. (laughs) Yes. That alloys always go scabby. They do. Yeah, they do. Well, one little one little chip or curb, and then it's curtains, isn't it? Really, it starts to spider spider yeah, crack. Like psoriasis of yeah, the wheels. It's exactly it's yeah. It's like is it old people with liver spots? It's kind of that, isn't it? It's because Lexus has always been a bit retirement spec. It would be the liver spot of the alloy. Hey, there's um there's there's a there's a rented house on my street. Um, and it's just the, the old occupants have moved out and some new people have moved in there some young people there's like four sort of 20 something I was going to say kids it sounds like such an old farty thing to say but that's they are. very old farty things young, young adults have moved in yes. and one of them I've noticed has got an X-Reg Toyota Corolla three door Oh, and I'm slightly fascinated by it because I was like now where's that car <clears throat> that to me smells of that's a parent's old car that's been handed down yes Hundred and ten percent. That's a granddad. But that's a grandpa car. It seems to be. I heard it start up the other day, which is how I discovered that these new people have got this car. That I heard it start up and it's petrol and it sounded very smooth, very sweet. And I just thought, I bet that's running beautifully. It looks. It's quite tidy. Not not immaculate, but it's tidy. And I was, I, I was like, 
Would it be weird to welcome them to the street by asking to have a go in their car? Uh, I think that would be exceptionally that weird, strange. <laughs> I think that would be like Friday night dinner levels of strange, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Although, now that you've just said it, I actually want you to pop the question to them. Is it bug eye or is it post bug eye? Uh, it's bug eye. Is it? So it's the three door bug eye. Yeah. Yeah, quite. There's something about those that I don't mind. They are, um, they're a cockroach. That's a proper, yeah. like, you know, very, very modest three door cockroach you've got there. That, in fact, that's, can, how, that's how you should introduce the conversation yeah. to Hi. him. Hi. I notice you've got a cockroach. What? Where? No, I'm talking, of course, about your car. Yeah. Now, oh, they've slammed the door. Uh, I was going to say, just again, uh, in this new section of the podcast that's suddenly called Things from My Neighbourhood. <laughs> Um, I was um, walking the dog this morning and just down around the corner there's one of those current shape Ford Transit Connect vans you know quite nice looking ones good looking yeah I like it parked at the curb and then I noticed that there's a cable coming out of the house that it's parked outside Oh, and it runs up to the Transit Connect and in bizarrely in through the sliding cargo door on the side right shut obviously yeah i was like what's going on there and then as i got level with well i thought that i thought it's charging some tools but it seems a weird way to do it but (laughs) then as i got level with the the passenger compartment there's a dehumidifier on the driver's seat (laughs) and a massive roll of kitchen paper on the dashboard and i was like what's happened i know what's happened well, it's wetness, isn't it? But they've why done, and how? They've done what I did a couple of years ago. You know when the weather's warm and you pull up outside your house and you maybe leave a window down because you think, I'm going to pop back out later today and it's all nice and warm. And then you don't go out that day. You forget. And then there's a rainstorm in the night. Uh, and I bet that's what happened. He's left a window down or a door open, and there's been a biblical rainstorm. We've had a few, you know. There's been yeah, a lot of thunder yeah. about. And as a consequence, there's been like three hours of hard rain gone into the car. And once it's in, it's really hard to get like full-on moisture out of cars. Oh, my God, They're designed yeah. to not let in and therefore not let out. That's a good point. They don't let water out unless it's a ropey, like off of the 70s, you know, floor pans with holes in like a Tetley tea bag. So therefore, <laughs> what you've got to do, the only way to get over it is to um, wait for good weather or have a, a storage unit where you leave the car open, fully open, doors open, and you either lift, you have to unbolt the seats and take that one-piece f- formed carpet out and hang it up, uh, which is what I did. In fact, this ties in nicely with the pressure wash Mercedes interior, which my brother bought for a penny. It's exactly what you have to do because there's no other way of getting all of the the moisture out of all the sound deadening and all the upholstery yeah, and then it'll because gosh. then it starts to go moldy if you leave it because it all yeah. the spores will grow with all the food that you've dropped down the side of the seats and all the pasty hands that have touched the steering wheel and pissy hands and all that stuff because it's a tradesman's mm. vehicle so there's going to be a lot of pasty and piss hands <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> there will be you know there will be <laughs> well you bloody know it don't you so um so they've they've just gone well 
we got to crack on with the job, and I'm not having a car that constantly steams up or sloshes. I used to have a friend's car, actually. A friend of mine had a car which used to have a con- consistent leaking problem, and when you used to put the brakes on, you'd hear a, a, a true slosh of water that sounded like you were next to the sea. It was amazing. And it was always a passenger footwell. He had an issue with um, water coming in round where the windscreen wipers were, the scuttle panel, and he could never fathom it out. So he used to just periodically... Um, lift all the carpets out and um, and and use one of these like wet wet vacuum cleaners, which just sucks yeah. water out. Yeah, I mean it's just a complete pain in the ass. I can't stand cars that leak. Classic cars that leak are unacceptable. I have to go to the ends of the earth in order to stop them from leaking. In fact, my Dodge. Some of them just leaking. do, don't they? I mean, some do. When I'm not going to name names, but it's no, mostly convertibles just leak. It's convertibles with um, you know UV damaged rubbers that are yeah. about twenty years old because everything shrinks back a bit, nothing quite fits. Um, oh yeah! In fact, I had a Mark One convertible that used to leak, but only in when it was parked at a certain angle on the street. That's when I lived in London, actually. Um, I, I had was a, this when you filled Crouch End with? This is when I filled Crouch End with yeah, bought. two out of three cars being taxed. Yeah, and um, and the Mark One Golf was an ex-girlfriend's of mine that I, when we split up, I actually ended up buying the car off. But it was a yeah Mark One Golf CL, and it was a really nice car actually. But it did used to leak at certain angles. If you parked it at a certain camber of road, it would leak, and it would only leak onto the driver's seat. So you get in it, and and it would feel like you'd weed yourself, and then you get out of the car, and there was a patch of damp around your. You know, where your where your bum's been on the seat, which is a bit unfortunate because it did look like you'd wazzed yourself during a journey. <laughs> ah, now this has just reminded me yes. seamlessly flowing across this one like um, water on the floor of a golf. Uh, you sent me that message about um, seeing a man on the hard shoulder with no trousers on. <laughs> oh yeah, when was was that three, three or four days ago? Yeah. Yeah, so there was a. I I was driving back from a job, and where was it? The A forty three, I think it was, and I saw a guy walking along in the distance, and there was no car with hazard warning lights on. So there was, it, I couldn't work out that whether he'd abandoned a, a, a broken down car or anything, and he was walking along, and when I got closer, he had no trousers. <laughs> No trousers or shorts on, so he just had underwear, underpants on, but with like really smart shoes. <laughs> that was the bit that cracked me up. He had sort of you know loafers on, so <laughs> <laughs> pants, <laughs> That's... So, like, pants and loafers, and it's like what? <laughs> what sort of a combo is that? What's I, happened? I, I, was a part of you tempted to? aggressively pull into the hard shoulder and slam on the brakes just so you could go, excuse me, mate, where are your trousers? I, I, well, it was it was the last 23 miles of the journey before you get home. So I was on that like, kind of autopilot-y bit. And it, I just couldn't, after sending you that voicemail, I just thought, I, I've got to work out the scenario. He didn't look in a rush. He could have been drunk, you know, a bit disorientated. <laughs> I just love the way it just struck so much confusion into everybody. It was like, and I did double check with my, my myself as so I was like, they were underpants, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were definitely <laughs> pants. They weren't like fancy shorts. They were definitely pants. And even it, if they were shorts, why was he wearing them with 
with smart shoes. That's the thing. The shoes didn't match anyway. And he wasn't with anyone. He wasn't carrying any luggage. It was just so... And he was on a quite a busy road. Quite a busy road. So it's not like he went out for a country walk and then got lost and thought, I'll just join the A43. I mean, it's just... just, The A43, maybe that's where my trousers have gone. It's just so good. It's so good. It's such a low-dignity look, the... The trousers <laughs> with smart shoes. Trainers, somehow not as bad. Yeah. Smart shoes, because there was once respectability and dignity there, and it's been robbed. What's happened? It's Possibly just... like his trousers. Well, maybe they have been robbed, but, but then you've got to take your shorts off with your smart shoes still on. And actually, I find taking... It's a false economy trying to remove trousers or shorts with your, with your shoes still on. Do you, th- do you not think... Absolutely, every it's time. It's a shit idea. You shouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, never, never. Uh, yeah, and you always go, oh, just, you know what? I'm going to cut a corner here. And do-. No. No, don't. It takes more time because you end up just getting all tangled. Exactly. Don't do that. Don't be an idiot. It's a foolish idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it just led to some uh, hilarity and, and also confusion. Um, it reminds me some somehow of when, back when I worked in a clothes shop. I remember once, and it was like a, it's a Monday morning. And a bloke came in and he looked dishevelled, but he did have all his clothes on, including his trousers. <laughs> but he came in and he bought a new pair of trousers and a new shirt. Yeah. And then came up to the counter where I was standing and went, do you sell underwear? And I, and I had to go, yes, we do. Actually. And he went, oh, I need some pants and socks. And I had to say, and it was like, what? I mean, I could sort of guess maybe you had a massive weekend. And he was a bit soiled. Yeah, but but the way but not they, like that. Yeah, but maybe like that. <laughs> maybe like that. I don't know. I can't remember if he bought shoes as well. But it looked like he didn't really need to. Anyway, it's bizarre. Strange what people get out. Would well, you? Isn't me- it? But, um, do you remember? That reminds me. Do you remember that old Smith and Sniff video that we that we did, where, where that guy was asleep in his Almira with the engine running in the services car park, and he was there all oh, day. Oh, shit. Yeah, but we never... We That wasn't, like, in our video, was it? That was wasn't just it? something we saw. No. Oh, I, don't, I it thought... Wasn't. We, I th- was it? It was a very cold day, I remember that, and that intermittently he would stamp the Almira's accelerator. <laughs> oh, Yeah. To, to clear bring it the up to a very high it, rev level. Is it to clear the catalytic converter? He was very. I don't simple. know. It was. It was odd. Bizarre. It was all odd. It was all odd. But the reason, but, the reason why I brought that up because I remember he had a lot of stuff in the back of the car. You know, like belongings, like living in the car kind of feeling. Yes. And I went to. Um, I went to get some fish and chips last Friday, and there was a car parked outside the fish and chip shop. And I had to stand there because you weren't allowed in the fish and chip shop because of distancing and things. And so I was just staring and analysing at this car. And it had what looked like every piece of belonging that a person might have inside the car, but with enough space for a driver to just about get into the driver's seat and operate a car. (laughs) And I just kept looking at it because it had everything. It had, like, you know, standard lamps, some oh my lo- God. lots of shoes it had a, um, kitchen utensils and i was just i was just looking at this car going what is someone like called in at the fish and chip shop 
having moved house, that might make sense. That might make sense. But it was there for ages, and I was there for ages. So I'm thinking, oh, well, they've gone to see a friend. I just don't know. But you get some people, especially I've noticed in Los Angeles, people properly living in cars because it's a, it's a lot cheaper than rent. And you can buy yeah. you can buy a really big crap car. Minivan springs to mind. And, um, you know, you can... What is it, a really bad name? Is it like a Plymouth Caravan? Or yeah. A, yeah. Or is it Dodge Caravan? Dodge Caravan and a Plymouth, I don't know, Pooh Pirate or whatever it's called. And they're just... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just a box on wheels. Those ones that are famously awful looking, the Ford Aerostar, which just looks so sad. And yeah, or the Oldsmobile Silhouette. Was it called a Silhouette? There was a car called Silhouette, which was also... I can't remember what the other GM brand names were for it but the one that was infamously nicknamed the dust buster because it looked like a portable vacuum with little wheels on it it's just terrible um but living there are a lot of those people like that in, yeah because we the last time that we went to los angeles to see some of my wife's family we rented a house in venice beach and up the street from us which is a strange area because on the one hand it's sort of there's, there's a lot of drug addicts and stuff live on the streets there but on the other hand you know it's by the beach so it's quite hipster affluent and, yeah affluent in places but there was up the street it was a, it was sort of a half decent street with, with houses on but further up there was a uh chevrolet caprice wagon you know the later ones the classic sort yes. of aero shape which i really like and it had the wood faux wood paneling on it oh but, but given the area it was in i couldn't quite work out it seemed like it had a bit of stuff in the back and i was like is that someone who's down on their luck or is that in fact a hipster who's made a conscious choice to get that car it's around there impossible to tell or is it is it an undercover cop stakeout vehicle you know, and they've been staking out for a very long time. I think they've traded all there. Yeah, this has been on such a long stake. Like since 1992. (laughs) (laughs) The radio's broken. He doesn't even know. They're going to go, come back in and get a different squad car. (laughs) We're phasing them out. Come back. He doesn't get any of these messages. Uh, I'll get those bastards. Yeah, he's so Um, undercover that he didn't know the internet's been invented yet. One final episode of things that are near my house at the moment, or were near my house at the moment, until recently but for about a week there was a rover 600 park not far from here which had very peeling paint on it and seemed to have a ludicrous amount of gardening equipment inside it <laughs> like the set you know you say about well, there's only just room to occupy the driver's seat yes it's like that yes yeah it was just full of shit you'd use to do gardening i love cars like that because instead of buying a truck or a van a little entrepreneurial person has gone, well, look, I'm, I'm doing a job and I, I need to buy the cheapest car possible to do door-to-door stuff. And you end up with a completely inappropriate car. I absolutely love that. There's a street that I walk down sometimes with a dog where same sort of deal, um, but with a Subaru Impreza wagon, Ooh. first generation. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it seems to have a lot of gardening things in it. And I always go, what are you doing? I, you could have got a bigger estate than that. But maybe they're not. They may then do small gardens. I think it's you need to do a whole, like, tour of London. Let Richard take you by the hand and lead you <laughs> through the streets of London. He'll show you shitters, which are full of strange belongings. And then you oh, can hey. go, what? On that note, because uh, you remember ages ago when we did, well, early this year, we did that Smith Sniff video where we went and looked for old money cars in, um, in uh, sort of around Primrose Hill in, 
in London, foggy London, London leafy London, affluent London. Yes, but did you get that picture I sent you yesterday? Oh, the eighties Aston, the most old money thing I've seen in ages. Yes, the eighties Aston Volante, slightly shabby, outside the massive house in Hampstead, also slightly shabby and thick with ivy to the point where you be scared to take it off in case the house came down but, <laughs> oh but yeah the shabbiness of both of them and the sort of unselfconscious way in which these two very or potentially very valuable things had sort of been treated with not contempt but just not just total not looked after pristine at all. love yeah well yeah and it's on on just on the hill up into Hampstead, so it's be a worth sort of a primo fortune. neighborhood yeah oh my god both of those That's things the I mean, weird... those aren't cheap anymore so you on the one hand, do you think the person's inherited it and they're just totally oblivious to the monetary value? Because you think someone could just knock on their door and go, I'll give you 10 million quid for your house as it sits right now. And you could go, what? Really? I've I, I've, I've just had to defer on my electricity bill again. <laughs> All right. Maybe. I don't know, but it's only, I'm, I'm sensing old old people or old person. But also, if, and... is it convenient to drive around the city in, like, probably what's a fogged up, almost certainly leaky early 80s Aston drop top. <laughs> well, yeah, talking about cars that leak and a, a neglected 1980s Aston Volante. Oh my gosh. It the, is, I'm going to guess that's not watertight. Oh, th- th- honestly, it, uh, the carpets and the underlay, I mean, honestly, if you put some hydroponic lights in there, you, you'd. <laughs> You'd have you'd have growth within minutes. Mm. Within minutes, it would be little shop of horrors, just growing out of the Volante carpet. It's just the only thing that threw me off about that car that I thought maybe is not totally old money. If you're being picky, is that it had a private reg on it, but then it wasn't a flashy private reg. It didn't sort of try and say someone's name. It was just a sort of well, that would be family letters, three numbers, family heirloom. It's family heirloom. It was. It was on uh, great grandfather's uh, Hispano Suiza it, it, back in uh, it the will 1910s. be tens, or it'll be yeah. when 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 grandfather set up um, the first branch of um, the shop shopping empire, as was that was on the first delivery van in 1910, and uh, it's been in the family ever since, and that's that. They, they, and, and that that is it. That's that. They've had the number mm. plate in the family for a hundred years. Yeah. And they just put it on anything. In fact, previous to the Aston Martin, it was on a, uh, it was on a, a Morris Marina Coupe. Just, <laughs> they just because they just had one for a couple of years, and that was absolutely fine. Yeah, lean, lean times in the mid seventies. It wasn't the done thing to show off. What with the oil crisis, well, that's right. Week and what have you. So we bought one of those funny little uh, cars because um, it was vulgar. Always liked marinas because he. Uh, kept his boat there so yeah i don't know i mean anyone who knows the road up from uh swiss cottage in london up to hampstead will probably have seen this car it's that I, I mean i've been taking mean to take a picture of it for ages and then i saw it at the weekend uh and i made a mental note then i was coming past it last night in a taxi and i, I took a picture for i need you. to come and see you i need to come and see you we need to go on another tour i we need to go for a little wander around i found i found well, i'll tell you about some other time but i found another couple of streets that are um 
quite fertile car spotting ground <laughs> for various mad reasons, including this massive house near the Bishop's Avenue, which again, if anyone knows London, is like sort of that is insanely valuable street that, a street that no one actually lives on because all the houses are bought as investments and it's pretty horrible as a result. But just behind there, one of the more populated streets, very big house with an in-out drive. And on it, as I went by yesterday, was a really fucked up Jaguar XJ40 with loads of trim missing. <laughs> and again, it's like, I mean, it's like the wet van that I was talking about earlier. And you just kind of go, what's, how and why? What's going, what's going on? on? What's, going what's on? happened? Backstory, people. I need backstory. And I will put it alongside the backstory from the neighbours who no longer speak to me because I wanted to go in their Corolla. <laughs> you need to go in that Corolla. I can't compete well, with these stories. I don't think I've got immediate to me. I don't think I've got any strange... Yeah, but you of... live in a low population density area. I mean, it's 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 beautiful for many reasons, clean air and I've... quiet and all that. But when it comes to spotting mad or khaky cars, <laughs> you, your opportunities are slightly reduced just by the, you, the sheer you always have fewer the people. yeah. I've got the sort of like strangely attractive woman that drives past in a Vauxhall Frontera, and then we've got the there's a guy around the corner who. Um, not who I refer to as non-stop smoking guy, and he 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 smokes he smokes all the time in his cars with the windows up, and he has it's great. What he has four cars, and and they're both identical pairs. So he has a pair of Hyundai coupes, right, uh, in silver, and he has a pair of Alpha One Five Sixes saloons in silver. So it's like, what are you doing? You've got. A pair of the same car and then a pair of the same car. And I thought they were like donors at first. I thought we should have bought a spare for that one because, you know, Alphas. And he's bought a spare Hyundai Coupe because they're about 300 quid. And I don't think so. I think he drives all four of them and I just can't work him out. And I've never asked the question, but he's non-stop smoking guy. Um, in the Alfred, but quite cool car taste. But maybe he just rotates them because the smell of cigarettes becomes overwhelming after a while. So yeah, he has one out. He does air <laughs> two suits. He does air one out. I haven't the noticed. Suits got a bit smelly. I'll I'll put on the other suit for a bit because I do smoke with the window. Smoking with the window shut. Bloody hell! I mean, I know that's pretty hardcore in itself. It's dirty, isn't it? It's um, it it's dirty. almost like a song title. Smoking with the windows up. <laughs> because you you immediately you can get an idea of the thickness the fog cancer fog going on inside that car i just feel like the headlining is crying out for help help me help me i'm it's never so gonna be the yellow. same <laughs> my brother one of my brother's schoolmates um his parents or his dad was a doctor and he used to drive around in a Mazda 323 it's kind of late 80s I'm going to say E-Reg and he and he's a doctor and he used to windows up smoke everywhere wow everywhere yeah you couldn't see through the windscreen and out through the back window it was there's too much fog going on in the car <laughs> too much fog well, every time he got out it looked like he was on stars in their eyes it's exactly every time he got out it was like oh top of the pops too yeah it was really 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 weird uh, that poor Mazda's headlining didn't stand a chance. Never. Well, anyway, uh, through the fog of our conversation, I now see the opening door of the end of the podcast. That was the shittiest metaphor I think I've ever that was done. Quite, anyway, it was quite bad. It was quite bad. It was bad. quite bad. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try and pull things back. But uh, anyway, suffice to say, thank you, as always, for listening. Um, 
if you like what we're doing, then please express that through the clicking of some like button somewhere or other, <laughs> and indeed subscribing to us. Um, three other pieces of information I have to give you. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called Carperva. You should go and watch the videos there. They're excellent. I have a book out called The Medium-Sized Book of Boring Car Trivia by Sniff Petrol. That's available on Amazon. And the largest port in Britain by volume of traffic is Felixstowe. So, I'm just chucking in some extra bits that, now because I, I got bored of doing the same old shtick. I quite like that. A little bit of extra value. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a bit of take-home because, uh, you know, just in case there wasn't any in the rest of the podcast, which, you know, let's be honest, there often isn't. So There's a there lot. We go. Oh, can, anyway. I, can I add some value? Yes. Um, don't forget, there is a YouTube channel, which is how Smith & Sniff started, and we have a huge backlog, uh, over 110 of them, I think, videos, uh, so if you fancy watching any of those, they're there. They're probably always going to be there. Yeah, and the podcast goes up there as well in case you, uh, your preferred consumption medium for uh, audio is a video format. Um, so, uh, yeah, have at it. But uh, until next week, thanks for listening. Uh, talk soon, mate. Bye, Rich. Bye. It's kind of free, but it's full of water and chicken mess. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 